In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time a prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. In the Gospel of this Sunday's Mass, Jesus predicts great suffering and great tribulation for his church, for his followers, especially in the end times. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Sometimes this is translated as by your patience or by your patient endurance, you will save your souls. You will secure your lives. And the Greek word for patience that the evangelist is using here is very expressive. It's hupomeno. Hupomeno comes from two words, hupo, which means under, and meno, which means to remain. And so to be patient is etymologically in Greek to remain under. The definition is a remaining behind, a patient enduring. And it's often translated as endurance, steadfastness, patient waiting for. Patience is basically suffering well. When there's no quick or moral solution to suffering, it should be accepted. And we know, Jesus, that if we don't accept the suffering that life gives to us, that you allow to happen to us, well, there's a lot of negative consequences. Suffering unaccepted leads to bitterness. It leads to resentment. It can lead to an excessive anger with God, a kind of sinful rebellion against God and his plans. It can lead ultimately to despair. And so patience helps us to accept suffering. And acceptance of suffering can be more or less good, more or less fruitful. If we accept suffering merely with resignation, well, that's not great. It's okay. It's better than rebellion. But it's not great because resignation brings with it the remaining feelings and attitudes of resentment and bitterness, sadness. True patience, Christian patience, is more fruitful. What happens then? Well, that's when we see moments of suffering or events which cause us to suffer, periods of suffering in our life, in a positive way. We see them as opportunities to love God and others, to trust God, to trust God's plan. St. Paul clearly connects charity, love, and patience. Writing to the Corinthians in that famous ode to charity, that ode to love. St. Paul says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And that endurance there is from the same Greek word, hupomeno, same root. Love remains under all things. In the same letter, St. Paul later goes on to say, make love your aim. 
make love your aim. And if we're shooting for charity, well then, anything that happens in our life can be good. Because anything that happens in our life, good or bad, is an occasion to love. An occasion to love God with our trust, an occasion to suffer well for others, an occasion to serve others, at least to offer our sufferings out of love for God and love for others. What does that look like, though? To suffer well, to be patient, ultimately is to suffer willingly. Even if we don't choose the suffering, at first, if it's merely put on us by our circumstances, by something that happens to us. To be patient is to suffer that event or that misfortune, that trial, willingly. To freely accept suffering when it can't or shouldn't be avoided. Unwillingness to suffer is always the cause of even greater sufferings. But that leads to the question, of course, and it leads us back (laughs) to the same answer. Why? Why should I be willing to suffer? What makes suffering worthwhile? What makes suffering worthy of choice? And the only answer and the best answer is charity, is love. The intrinsic value or worth of God, which we should love above all things, is worth suffering for. The intrinsic value and worth of others is worth suffering for. My own intrinsic goodness, my own intrinsic value, my call to holiness is worth suffering for. Or we could put it in terms of our relationships. My relationship with God is worth suffering for. My relationship with others is worth suffering for. My relationship with myself, my own self-peace and personal growth is worth suffering for. To love God, to love others, to love myself is worth suffering. By your perseverance, by your patience, you will win your souls. We can reread that in this context of praying and reflecting in our Lord's presence about what patience is. By your perseverance, by your remaining under suffering willingly, out of love, out of trust, you will save your souls. You will save your soul, which means you will, you will save your relationship with God, you will save your relationship with others, and you will save yourself. Lord, help us to look at our life and see where do I need to grow in patience? What suffering is there in my life that I'm rebellious about or that I'm merely resigned to with a resignation that is still bitter and sad in a bad way? And perhaps we can take these one at a time, starting with others. What does patience with other people in my life look like? Love is patient, love is kind, but how does that work? I think it's probably something like just acceptance. Acceptance that something in another person is really annoying or really disappointing. Accepting it without letting it make us lose our peace or without letting it make us lose our charity, that we still persevere in goodwill and try to foster good feelings, good sentiments, and especially goodwill, benevolence, wanting what's good for people, working towards their good. In spite of that annoyance or in spite of that disappointment or in spite of the suffering that 
the occasion in us. And so when we're patient with others, we basically say, okay, that's annoying. But because I want to love them, because they have this intrinsic goodness, because God loves them, for the sake of my relationship with them and with God and with myself, I'm okay with that annoyance. I'm okay with that disappointment. I'm okay with the pain that they're occasioning. And so I don't lash out. Obviously, in serious cases, we might look for justice. We might have to protect ourselves against certain people. But always interiorly, right? we're looking for love. We're looking for forgiveness and love. And patience enables that forgiveness and love, even in very difficult circumstances. But in the less difficult ones, right? the ones that aren't that big of a deal, objectively, but they bother the heck out of us <laughs> at times. Personality conflicts or the way someone is or differences of opinion. We can accept them more fully and just say, well, I'm not going to lash out. I'm not going to shut down. I'm not going to avoid this person because I want to love. And in order to love, I'm okay. I'm okay with this situation, this conflict this annoyance. In English, there's a, there's a felicitous connection between understanding and enduring. We just saw the Greek word for patience or perseverance is to remain under. And to understand in English comes from to stand under. To be able to understand someone is to be able to stand under the truth of who they are. And that's important because the more we understand others and understand, okay, they have a different background or different education or different personality, different way of looking at things, etc., etc., the more we understand them, the more patient we are with the differences, the more patient we are with the fact that because they're that way, and because I'm this way, we understand ourselves, there's this difficulty, there's this annoyance, there's this suffering. And to understand, to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, to really see and be compassionate for where they're coming from is a great boost to patience, right? Because then we realize, wow, there's, there's reasons that explain this conflict or there's reasons that explain this difficulty, and it's not a matter of, it's not their fault necessarily. It's just the way they are. It's just the way things are right now in me and in them. And it's helpful to realize also that God understands them and, and God understands us. So if we see something annoying in someone else or something about someone else really bothers us, it's a helpful thought to think, well, God is okay with this. That God is okay with the way this person is. And also God is okay with the way it's affecting me. Because if he wasn't, right, he wouldn't let it happen. Even if it's a sin and God doesn't like it as a sin, God would rather not have that person sin or have us sin and cause suffering. Nevertheless, for now, God's okay with it, right? He, 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 lets, it, he lets it happen. He's patient with it. God is patient with that situation. God is patient with that person. And so to be patient ourselves with the same 
person or the same situation is to connect with the way God thinks about things and the way God is dealing with things. Playing the long game with mercy, with patience, trying to get us and them to use our freedom well. Patience with others. Lord, at times also we need to learn to be patient with you, to be patient with your plan, to grow in our trust in you by growing in patience with the way you're acting or with the things you let happen. Patience with our Lord is especially important for things outside of our control. Anything that's outside of our control is always in the control of God. And knowing that, that if God wanted to, he could change this or that circumstance, he could help this or that person in a quicker way. Well, that can lead to impatience. Like, why not? Why doesn't he do it now? Why doesn't he intervene more forcefully? And it's a great virtue to grow in trust, a great way to grow in trust in God and God's goodness and God's plans and God's providence. But just being patient with the way God is acting and the way God lets things unfold. Psalm 40 says it beautifully. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. In today's gospel, Jesus is talking about a time of great trial, of great fear, of great calamity. And he says, by your patience, you will win your souls. By your patience, you will save your life. Which means in that situation of calamity, of persecution, of difficulty, they have to wait. They have to wait for the Lord to come. They have to patiently wait. They have to be brave under the difficult and frightening circumstances. Waiting with expectation. Jesus is basically saying, in that moment, you have to trust that I know what I'm doing. You have to trust that I am on my way. You have to trust that I won't let you be tested beyond your strength, as St. Paul puts it. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Lord, help me to see into my heart, into my life. Do I need to grow in patience with you? with your plan. Perhaps there's something obvious in my life that I want and that I see very clearly that it will be a good result and it's in God's power to bring it about. And I re I reject the fact that I have to wait and I'm resentful and fretful about the fact that I have to wait. Well, right there in that thing that we struggle with, it's great to Make an act of trust in God. Lord, I know you know this situation. I know you know what I think about it. I know you know how I feel about it. And for whatever reason, you're delaying. But I trust, Lord, in you. I trust that you have good reasons for delaying, that your plan will bring good out of this. And I bear up with patience under this trial. And I see it, Lord, that you are trusting me with this trial. You're trusting me to grow in love, you're trusting me to offer up this suffering. You're trusting me to trust, right? Our Lord is trusting us to trust in his plan when his plan is difficult for us to, to undergo.
to be patient with others, to be patient with God, and also to be patient with ourselves. I need to be patient with myself. Why? Because I am the way that I am right now. And yes, I, I need to change different things. I need to grow in different ways. But in order to do that, I need to accept that I am the way that I am right now. And that takes patience. I might not like it. I might, I might want things to change quicker. I might want to be a different kind of person right now. And perhaps that's true and God wants us to grow in those ways and God wants us to change our person or our personality in positive ways. But there's a lag. Most of the time, growth takes time and time takes patience. Getting better at prayer takes work. It takes time. It takes practice. Growing in virtue takes repeated actions and repeated kind of recalibration about how we think about life and think about things. Getting better at work or studies, those skills with which we want to give glory to God, we want to serve others, we want to provide for ourselves, for our family, for society. Well, improving professional skills, improving study skills, being a better student or a better worker takes time, takes practice, takes learning. And so we have to be patient with our growth, to be patient with ourselves, with accept ourselves as we are and accept how those limitations affect us. Lord, I trust in your love for me. I trust that the way I am right now is your will for me. This is, this is the field that you want me to work in. This is the field that you want me to develop. And so I accept the way it is now and I accept the time it will take for me to grow in these ways. Patience with self is also very helpful when we talk about negative emotions or temptations. I have a friend who's a brilliant psychiatrist and he makes this incredibly helpful point for life and for the spiritual life. He says that, and this is backed by studies and neuroscience, etc. But basically the idea is that urges, which are, you know, have a physical aspect and negative emotions, which also have a physical aspect, even though they affect us spiritually. Well, when they're calmly accepted and even welcomed, when it's appropriate to welcome them, and to welcome them in the right way, well, urges and negative emotions all have a kind of natural time limit. They run their course. And the more accepting and welcoming we are of unwanted emotions, or even of temptations, without giving in to them in a sinful way, the more accepting and welcoming we are of unwanted emotions, the faster they run through their natural cycle. And that's so helpful, right? If I want to stop being angry or letting my anger hurt my charity, hurt my relationships. Well, the first thing is to accept that I am angry or accept that I'm prone to anger. And then when my anger flares up, I can patiently and lovingly with trust in God, welcome the feeling without acting on it. And we gain that internal self-mastery, that control over ourselves, just by accepting that, okay, in this lower part of me, and these emotions which can pull me away from God or pull me away from the love of others, I have to accept that I'm feeling it and be patient with that feeling. 
And if I'm welcoming and patient of that feeling, well, it's going to pass. It doesn't last forever. And here, impatience is the great danger. If we're impatient with our anger, we try to stop it by lashing out. And that only lets the anger damage our charity, damage our relationships. And also it feeds it. It comes back stronger. We never get control of it. The same happens with fear or bouts of anxiety. The same happens with negative thoughts that we would rather not have. If we want to have less negative thoughts or want our negative thoughts to bother us less, we should accept that we have these negative thoughts. We have to remember that God's providence, God's plan for us isn't just something outside of us. God let this happen or let that happen outside of us. God also lets you have bad thoughts and you have negative feelings. It's part of his providence. And so it could be accepted in a way that is not sinful, as long as it doesn't lead us to act sinfully or as long as we don't think about bad things by choosing to think about them in a sinful way. If I want to have less negative thoughts, I have to accept that I'm having them. I shouldn't take them seriously. As long as I'm not choosing to have them, I'm not sinning. And so I can patiently recognize them, accept that those thoughts are there, and then calmly and with a lot of hope and strength, pray and think about something else, right? Get my mind on something else. I remember once talking to a priest and I was worried about something that I wasn't handling well. And it was one of these things that, you know, kind of an emotional reaction to a situation and the situation wasn't changing. And I was kind of having a negative, (laughs) a negative reaction to this problem. And he said, well, don't worry about it so much. Such simple advice. It's like, don't worry about the fact that you don't like this situation. Don't let it bother you so much. And for whatever reason, I think I've told many people that many times, and I'm sure you've been told that by different people at different times. But for whatever reason, that time, it just, it helped a lot. It's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is the way I'm reacting to this now. And it's no big deal. As long as I'm trying to do what's right, as long as I'm praying for the problem and the people involved, I don't have to worry about it. I can just be okay with the fact that right now, emotionally, I have this, I have this reaction to this, to this situation. Don't worry about it so much. Quia tu Deus fortitudo mea es. The Psalms tell us that we can be patient and strong because God is our fortitude. God is our patience. God gives us the power to endure. You will not be tested beyond your strength. St. Teresa of Avila combines those two thoughts, those two ideas, very beautifully in a famous prayer. The two thoughts being the power of God, the providence of God, the awesomeness of God, and our own patience. This is the, this is the prayer. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. 
What a beautiful promise. Patience obtains all things. By your patience, you will win your souls. You will save your souls. You will win heaven. And if we get to heaven, we'll have God. And in God, we'll have everything. Patience obtains all things. And it's good for us to look at our life and realize that this has happened. This has probably happened to you, and perhaps in a big way. Perhaps at some point in your life, you thought, well, I'll never be able to grow in this, or I'll never be able to get over that, or I'll never be able to do this other thing, or I'll never be able to achieve this thing. But you were patient, and you were persevering about it, and you kept trying, and you kept praying for it, and you kept relying on God's grace. Without knowing it, you were suffering well. You were suffering willingly in order to grow. You were suffering in trust, with trust in God. And then you look back and you realize, wow, I never thought I could have been able to do that or grow in that way, but I have. And these are truly miracles. They, they're miracles that take time, but they're miracles of God's grace. They're ordinary miracles, you could say. The way God works with people who keep trying and keep suffering and keep trusting in things that they have to grow in or in situations that seem intractable, seem like they're never going to change. Patience obtains all things. All things are passing away. Everything can change. Everything can change except the things of God. Right? We'll, always, we'll always be safe in God. God never changes. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. Lord, help us to use our memory, to use our faith, our hope in you, to use love, to make love our aim. Whenever we come up against any difficulty, any suffering that we're tempted to reject, we're tempted to let make us despondent or to be more despairing. Help us use this toolbox, right? Any suffering that comes my way, well, I can see it as an opportunity to trust. I can see it somehow as an opportunity to, to grow. I can see it above all as an opportunity to love. And therefore, because I see it as an opportunity, I can accept it freely. I can accept it willingly, which means I can truly be patient, right? I can remain under this trial. I can remain under this suffering because I know there's a reason for it and I know it has a great value in God's eyes and a great value for my soul. By my patience, I will win my soul. By my patience, I will save my soul. We go to Our Lady. We marvel at her patience, her ability to stand under the cross that our Lord put upon her, which was a share in his own cross. She stands at the foot of the cross. She literally stands under the cross. She understands it and she remains under it. And so she can teach us to see the suffering in our life as this invitation to love the cross, this invitation to take up and stand under our own cross. Our Lady, our Mother at the foot of the cross, Teach us patience. Help us to be patient with others, to be patient with God, and to be patient with ourselves. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help 
put them into effect, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.